Welcome to Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood, a podcast that's all about changing the way we view midlife and bringing the conversation about menopause out into the open. Each week we share stories, experiences and inspiration. We talk to experts on how to best navigate this time of life and find out how other people have not only survived but thrived through this time. I'm your host, Karen O'Connor. Hello and welcome. Today I'm here with Kathy Carr. Kathy is a holistic nutrition, movement and lifestyle coach and she's been working in the health, wellness and fitness industry for over 27 years and has worked across four continents. She's the co-director of Place of Chi with her husband and the founder of Kathy Carr Coaching. So welcome Kathy and thanks for being here today. Thank you so much Karen. It's a pleasure to be here. How are you? I'm great. I'm just going to say, like anybody that's watching, go to the out, make sure you watch the outtakes at the end of the video, because we actually started recording this last week and Kathy didn't realise that we were going to use the video. So she was getting very, very chill as we were talking. It was hilarious. And in the end, I had to say to her, mm, I know you like being relaxed. Yes, I took it a little bit too far, but that's me. I am a kind of a relaxed person. So yeah, I'm sitting upright. So if I start to wiggle, it's just me getting comfortable. That's all. I think it's so cool. I, I was so, I didn't want to say anything because I was really happy that you were relaxing and opening up to everything. But there was like, mm, I wonder if this is how she actually wants to. <laughs> camera I don't know no no so (laughs) it is good (laughs) so tell me a bit about yourself how did you end up in the health and wellness industry how did you get to where you are I'm really what is your passion about everything all right we'll strap in I won't drag it out too much because I'm turning 55 so I've kind of lived a, a very active and healthy lifestyle I'd like to consider myself healthy relatively healthy so I grew up in a family that were very active. So my parents played tennis, competitive tennis. They played golf for 30, 35 years. My sisters were active. So that was a part of the family. We used to go and play tennis together. I also started classical ballet when I was seven years of age. And then they put me on to point at nine years of age, which completely destroyed my feet. I don't show my feet at the moment. That's just a little a secret thing about me. But um, I went through classical ballet, absolutely loved it. And I did that for 10 years. And then through school, I did tennis, uh, netball. Um, in high school, I was on the volleyball, softball, soccer, and netball team. And I just more into creative arts and kind of play rather than academic. Then when I left school, around when I left school when I was in year 11. I also did a lot of roller skating. I um, was, I did BMX. I actually raced BMX when I was 15, um, classical ballet and BMX, you know, but it was kind of hanging around the boys down in the neighbourhood, you know, getting off the streets. At least we were doing something active. And then I continued the sport and activity throughout my life. I was a big into skiing as well. My ambition when I was in my 20s, mid 20s, was to ski the world because um, I worked in Threadbow. So I did go to Canada actually, to, and that was my first kind of ski destination to ski the resorts there, my first trip around the world. And I kind of stopped there. I stayed there for about two and a half years. I lived in Banff. 
And um, that's where my first marriage was. Um, I married a Canadian and we won't tell too many people that (laughs) because I didn't feel like, I don't feel like I was married before because I really got um, my soulmate as my husband. We do everything together, um, live and work for so many years. But when I was in Canada, I kind of went into the party lifestyle. So I drank, I ate those massive cookies and the fudge and beer and I really, really just had a had a good time. I was 26 and I partied hard, but I put on a significant amount of weight. I lost my muscle tone. I was skiing. I remember skiing down and I um, went in down into a tuck and my ski pants split up the... <laughs> From the seam, from seam to seam, you know, front to back, front to back. And then it wasn't until I went to Banff, I was in Whistler working, and then it wasn't until I went to Banff that I started working in this hotel, waitressing, and downstairs was a health club, Rimrock Resort Hotel in Banff, up near the Sulphur Springs, if anyone may have visited there in their, in their time. And the instructor that I was doing group fitness classes, and I said to her, I said, I really think that this is what I want to do I said would you teach me and she said you have to be very serious about this so she did she took me under her wing and I was working at the Rimrock Resort in the health club then I was playing squash I was teaching and then cut a long story short when I left my husband there I came to Sydney back back home to Sydney and I was working in Australia Post leaving the northern beaches at 4am catching a bus to go to the other side of the city and working teaching group fitness and personal training because I got also personal trained in Canada so then that was short-lived and I went to the Rankin sisters some of your listeners might remember the Rankin sisters if you're you know from Sydney New South Wales they were very well renowned for group fitness Jonathan Coleman used to have a show with them anyway so I managed that resort that club rather that um, health club and was teaching there and that's when I met my husband Um, he walked in and we about a year later we kind of got together he went home to Ireland I followed him this is still narrowing it narrowing it down I ended up staying in Ireland because he proposed, obviously. So we stayed over there for five years and I ran a, my own personal training business. It was um, BC personal training. I used to call me the wonder from down under. So I was in um, Dublin, Ireland. So I worked at Total Fitness there and I ran my business. I also was mentoring the group fitness instructors there because the way that they were taught teaching and music was just so far behind where I had come from, from Australia and Canada. So I was teaching there and then um, Donal, my husband, there was a new club in Dublin that opened Westwood Gym in Clontarf. They had a sister club in Leopardstown. So I was the program director for the opening of that club and then my husband and I ran our, our business, our personal training business. We had personal trainers working with us. We were mentoring them. I was teaching and mentoring the instructors in that club. So I've taught and coached all walks of life from for women, men, athletes to weight loss for injuries and when we came to Australia in when my son was, my second son was nine months, so 2002, my husband was working at Fitness First and then I was a personal training manager at Fitness First and then group fitness manager at Fitness First and I was with them for 10 years. And then I branched out because I was working so hard 
teaching about four to six classes a day, sometimes six days a week. I was a mum to two young kids running a business with my husband and I thought I was healthy and fit, but I was a sick, fit person. And there's a lot of people like that. They are sick and fit. So I don't believe that if you're fit, you're necessarily healthy. And I was one of those women and I got to burnout and I was on my back for like six, well, I was told to have six weeks rest. When we're mothers, as young mothers, and we still continue that as we age, we do everything for everyone else and we forget to put ourselves first and just take a rest and take a break. So I learnt about self-love and then we were introduced to Paul Check. We attended a Paul Check seminar on squatology in Loughborough in England and then we went through the Czech training system. So my husband is on the faculty and then I learned all about holistic lifestyle coaching. My husband came home after doing the course and opened the pantry and she said right right we've got to get rid of this 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 and this and I'm like whoa 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 what are you doing so it wasn't until I did the course level one I'm now um, level three certified it wasn't until then that I realized that there's more to health than just exercise and eating kind of the standard diet or the, the sad diet we refer it to as the standard Australian diet or standard American diet so I adopted the six principles that I teach everyone now that come into my, I guess, circle with my clients and, you know, my ladies that coach online with me is the six foundation principle of basic health. And I changed my life and I brought up two very healthy boys and have shared that information with them. So, and my passion now, as I've gone through having the children and post-pregnancy, moving through perimenopause, menopause, my passion now is coaching women in midlife, how to overcome these symptoms and how to get their mojo back through these six steps of creating a healthy, strong and vibrant female body. That's my whole passion now. That was in short, Karen. Sorry. <laughs> that was great. You led beautifully into this. So what are the six principles? Because I know you, reading your stuff, you say that menopause symptoms are optional. Is that what you say? Tell me what it is. What it is, what is it you say? The, I remember optional. Yeah. Not, well, that's the choices. The choices that are pretty much optional. Menopausal symptoms are common. The menopausal symptoms that we're experiencing are common, are very common, but they're not normal. That's it, yeah. And I feel and I see and I hear and I read that when, because all of us are going to go through this phase of our life, that it's something that we need to dread that it's going to be the end of us and that we get to a point where we want just one thing to fix it. And that's where I see we've come into this this for that approach. And that's what I try and empower others to get back to basics because if we're just reaching out for the quick fix and we're not really understanding or addressing or understanding where the where it's coming from, getting to the root cause rather than masking the symptom, is kind of where I approach health, really. So the six foundation principles are the six principles, or I like to call the, the my mojo method. Number one is thoughts, okay? What are you thinking? Because most of the time we can become our thoughts. 
And I'd say 90% of the time, most of the thoughts that we're having aren't true. Thoughts, you know, our mindset, how we think, are we having stinking thinking? And how can we help our thoughts or kind of what we call a a flip the coin or, or change the way that we look at things? That's kind of like something that Wayne Dyer would say, yeah, change the way we look at things, things that you look at change. Number two, the second one is breathing or respiration because without our breath, breath is life. If we're not breathing optimally, then everything will have an effect. If we're thinking a certain way, then our breath can be compromised. If our breath is compromised, then our organs might not be functioning properly because they're not being oxygenated or pumped enough. The third one, the third principle or the third of my mojo method is hydration. So what are you drinking or what aren't you drinking? And water is water, water, water. You know, we're 70% plus made of water, yet we're mostly dehydrated and we're overeating because we're dehydrated. We think that we're hungry most of the time we're thirsty. And once we are thirsty, we're having that thirst. It's a sign of dehydration. So I hone in on water. If it's one thing that I get anyone to change first, to add rather than to eliminate, is to drink more water. And I can touch a little bit more on that if you want, on how to calculate how much water you should be drinking because each of us are very individual and eight glasses isn't necessarily the best for everyone. The fourth one is nutrition. And a lot of people think that health is just nutrition and exercise, right? So nutrition, you are what you eat, you are when you eat, you are where you eat, you are why you eat, you are how you eat. So nutrition is a huge one and we know that. And I think that we've, we're eating too many food-like products and have completely missed on eating on how we should be, like how our ancestors had been eating, how it, everything used to be organic, you know, prior to the 1950s. The fifth one is movement. We need to move. We need to pump the body. And whether that's working out, exercising, expending, or working in, so calming the system, doing a balance of working out and working in activities. And then the sixth one is the circadian rhythms, our rhythms, our sleep, you know, and that's a big one. (laughs) Well, all of them are big ones, but they all have an effect. So they're the six foundations. And if we just go back to basics and if we really hone in on listening to ourselves, we can really overcome the symptoms that we're experiencing because I'm a true believer that the body can heal itself. So let's go back to water because you were saying that the eight glasses a day rule isn't really applicable to everybody. How do you work out how much water you, you should be having? Because I actually, I've got, and I can't remember whether she's on the week before you or the week after, but I had another lady on and she was talking about water and breathing being the most important thing. So it's really fascinating that, you know, what you're saying agrees with her. Now go for it. And But one of the things she said was, as we get older, we actually don't realise we're thirsty. Now, I didn't know that. Thirst is something that our ability to be present to drops off as we get older. So that was like, oh, okay. So no excuses. Get the three litres of or however many of water there 
lined up in the morning and just make sure you're drunk it before you go to bed, preferably a long time before you go to bed so that you're not getting up to go to the toilet during the night. Is that the only way around? So how do you work? How do you work out how much water okay. you're drinking? Okay, so I'm going to give you a little calculation. So grab a pen and paper and write this down. You multiply your body weight in kilograms, multiply that by 0.033 and equals the amount of water you should be drinking in litres. Now, if you have your listeners overseas and they use gallons and things like that, I don't know the... Online the conversion. Is good. So that's so your body weight in kilograms multiplied by 0.033 equals the amount of water you should be drinking in liters daily. And that excludes when you exercise when you're sweating. If you're having a sauna and you're sweating, you need to replenish those fluids. The type of the quality and the quality of everything is really important as well, the quality of our food and the quality of our water. So we need to be drinking clean water, clean water that has been filtered from sediment, from heavy metals that are in the pipes, chlorine and fluoride, and also everyone's medications because all of that toxicity is in the water. Now, I know that... People may say, okay, we need fluoride in our water. If you do the research, you can actually find that the fluoride that they use in our water is very different to the fluoride that dentists use. The fluoride that dentists use actually is, and in toothpaste, are we supposed to ingest it? It says it's for topical use only, but it's a different fluoride to the stuff that is in the water. The stuff that's in the water is classified as a grade six poison, but it's in the water, okay? So we want to get an ideal water filter that takes out those heavy metals and those toxins and chemicals out of the water. Once we filter the water, though, and I recommend a reverse osmosis would be a good recommendation for your listeners or anything, there's a Waters Co company think in Australia and New Zealand, but we need to remineralize the water after we've taken out that all those yucky stuff out. So we take a pinch of Celtic sea salt, and I use Celtic sea salt because it has over 70 trace minerals in it, and we need that for our cells to hydrate to the cellular level. Our body has these cells and our cells are made of water. We need water for our brain to function. We need water for our skin elasticity. Now, I know that my skin is starting to get quite, uh, it's losing its elasticity, but I know that I need to increase my water intake and probably some more collagen and some fats in my diet. So that's a little bit on the water. I highly recommend if anything that you want to add to increase your health, is to drink more water and water according to your type. So you're to your type, to your body weight, to your, because that eight glasses generalization recommendation is, so if I've got a female who's 55 kilos and I've got a a gentleman who's 100 kilos and they're drinking eight glasses of water, do you see that we're completely, there's two different bodies that have a different physiology and it's also that's another thing is that we're such unique, individual, beautiful human beings. One size doesn't fit all. And that 
is a big thing about the diet, the nutrition, because how many times have you seen, read, heard, or even tried the new diet that's out there? So diets don't work. And it's also I'm all a big believer in really understanding what we need as an individual, listening to our body, getting to know oneself. You know, if we have a headache, do we just go and grab a Panadol? Because if we're grabbing a Panadol for the headache, is it because we have an antihistamine or Panadol deficiency that we have the headache? Or is it because we're dehydrated or we have some neck tension or we've eaten a food that's created some response in the body? So what was the other thing? Going back to food, hang on, let me go back to water. So Celtic sea salt, Mm -hmm. why do you need to remineralize? Remineralize. Remineralize. Yes. Well, we have salts in our body. If you think of the tears, you lick your face when you've had a good cry, it's salty. And we're losing these salts, these essential salts. So if we're not replenishing them with some essential minerals we get minerals and nutrients from our food if we're eating good food from good soil but most of that has been depleted today and the water is contaminated so we need these minerals back in our system for our cells to function for our organs to function and water we need these salts we need to bring in the salts and this we've been told to avoid salt right because of heart disease, but the salt that we should be avoiding is iodized salt. It's being processed and denatured, and that's the salt that is causing these issues. So the Celtic sea salt remineralizes the water. It brings us back into that totally dissolved solids in the water. If you look at any artesian waters or a water like San Pellegrino, if you look at the label, it has all of these different listed minerals, sodium, potassium, all of those minerals which are essential for body function organ function so if we're having like a pump water bottle which is most of them are quite acidic one because they're in plastic as well and that's another another topic then we're just not getting enough and good quality hydration for us to function we become dehydrated and we have headaches and we have joint pain and um, muscle strain and constipation. A whole system relies on water and, you know, oxygen with, with our breathing. So the Celtic sea salt, just putting a pinch of Celtic sea salt in your water will add those minerals and but you don't want the salt the water to taste salty i find that it it changes i guess it definitely changes the quality but you can taste the difference it kind of like a thicker sort of water i tell you once you start drinking remineralized water it will give you energy how many of us are lacking in energy we're fatigued let's just start drinking some quality water getting some good minerals and nutrition into our system so we can create vitality Going on to nutrition, what would you say are the important things in nutrition? And then I want to talk about the exercise side of things as well. But let's just talk quickly about nutrition because I know it's not just about taking things out of our diet. You know, like everyone says, cut out sugar, cut out salt, cut out refined, whatever. But it's also about putting things back in as well, isn't it? Talk to me about that. So... I like to add first because a lot of us are lacking. So what can we add to help 
increase our vitality, our energy, help us sleep better, you know, really reduce our pain or any inflammation. So adding water and I am a big believer in whatever was here a thousand years ago, that's what you go back to eating. If it wasn't here a thousand years ago, don't put it in your system. As I mentioned before, there's a lot of food-like product out there. Think of the no meat meat, for example. Looking at the ingredients of anything that you buy. Now, if you buy a cauliflower, you know that it's a cauliflower. So you don't have to look at a label at a cauliflower. So just going back to our ancestors, what did your ancestors eat? So where did you come from? Where did your parents come from? Where did your grandparents, your great-grandparents, where did your lineage come from and what did they eat? This, when we're eating kind of out of from where we have originated, that's when disease and imbalances can come in. If you look at Western A. Price, you can search, research Western A. Price, nourishing the name of the book has gone from me, Tradition uh, Physical Degeneration, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration, Western A. Price and William A. Woolcott also. Western A. Price went around the world. He was a dentist and he went through all of these villages and the traditional way that they eat, so like in Germany, like the sourdough breads and if he goes to the equatorial tribes that they would feed on berries because these tribes and cultures all around the world eat the resources that are available to them it wasn't until for example we'll take you know we're in australia the indigenous the aborigines so there's a lot of disease and imbalances and diabetes and things now because the western food the white sugar the white dairy the white grains have been brought in the white salts have been brought in, they've been denatured and processed, and that has caused all sorts of disease. And we see more disease now because of the food-like products that we're consuming. So if we just go back to basics, eating animal protein, if you come from Bali, for example, what's what, what are your resources? My husband's from Ireland, so, you know, <laughs> they eat a lot of potatoes, sure, but they wouldn't have mangoes there, for example. So when he came over to Australia having, you know, all the mangoes, beautiful tropical fruits, he did start to increase inflammation around his middle and he started to get fungal infections. And it was because he just was eating something that he wasn't used to. And I know that, you know, our the microbiome in our gut, our environment, we can adapt, animals can adapt to our environment, right? But it's really understanding if I eat a food, how does that feel in my body? It's getting back to knowing yourself, knowing where you've come from, trying, you know, going back to your basics, going back to your roots. It's, it doesn't have to be really hard. There's so many diets out there and the diets don't work because they work, well, they work for one person. It's like the eight glasses of water. If they work for one person, awesome, but they might be absolutely catastrophic and detrimental to the other person's health. So one size does not fit all. And I encourage and coach my clients to live and eat according to their primal pattern type. And a primal pattern type is the way that your body metabolizes food. Some of us are slow 
metabolizes fast or we kind of are a mix and we eat according to that so it's identifying what type we are and then eating the ratios of the macronutrients of proteins fats and carbohydrates so that's so long that can go into like a real rabbit hole and it can kind of get a little bit too maybe too much information for today but I hope that answers it's just going back to your roots and understanding your physiology and what what food gives you vitality you know is it going to be something from mother nature a plant or a man-made plant factory I hope that simplifies it for you it's and your actually, listeners. Yeah, it's actually great because a few years ago I was having all sorts of problems with my digestion and so I did an elimination diet and my family is from uh, the UK, you know, Scotland, Ireland and England. And I found the things that I used to eat when I was growing up great, but anything soy can't eat it. Uh, if it's wheat, it depends on the kind of wheat that it is. So the old-fashioned wheat, not the new wheat that's got all the extra ears on it. I can do the old-fashioned wheat, can't do the new wheat. Even things like tomatoes and capsicums and eggplants and stuff do not agree with me. Small doses, yes, but for the most part, no. And legumes as well were the other thing. And I'm like, what is the left to eat? Because we're in Australia now and those are all staples of the diet. But I do, and I do like tofu things, but they do not agree with me at all. Not at all. And I'm basically, what I'm saying, long-winded saying is I'm a meat and vegetables kind of person. That's, that's what I need for my body to feel okay. A lot more vegetables than meat, but that's, that's how it works and it's really interesting to discover that for myself so what you say about looking at your heritage yeah okay that makes sense yes yes and how awesome that you have that awareness that you know that those foods even though that you enjoy them that you know that they're not you don't feel best on them and how often do we know it but we say uh I'd say I'd stuff it anyway (laughs) okay (laughs) And that comes into the stinking thinking. Why are we feeling that way? Why do we gravitate to that food? So there's a lot of emotions and things like that. But what I did want to mention as well is it's the quality of the food as well. So always, I'm all about quality over quantity. And I mentioned I like to add things rather than taking things out because if you eliminate everything, like all of those white processed sugars and the dairy and the grains and the salt, that you probably go, oh, my gosh, that is too much. It's too much of a stress. No way. Or you might do it for three days and then it gets too hard. Headaches come in and you go, oh, stuff it. I'm just going to have a piece of bread because I'm starving. And then you start the vicious cycle and that's what diets do as well. So what I suggest is that you change over to a better quality first before you start to reduce and then eventually eliminate. Because then the body can start to detoxify slowly rather than overloading and stressing the liver and other organs, okay? Because nutritional, like we have six stresses. Not only are we have those six foundation principles, we have six stresses that are creating these symptoms in our body. So if you like white sugar, if you're a baker, for example, and you love cakes, I love dessert. I love cakes. But 
I mean, I can make these beautiful desserts and cakes that are still going to give me vitality, that are better for my system. So if you have white sugar, for example, you've got your caster sugar, switch it over to organic sugar or rapidura or coconut sugar or primavera. I think it's another, it's a, it's a dehydrated cane sugar. And also change, try to change the nutrition over to organic where you can. If you're eating animal protein, that would be my first go-to. Change your protein, your animal protein for, to con, from conventional to organic if it's available. I know, you know, you've got listeners in rural areas, resources can be more challenging to access, but there is a way. There is always a way. And I think that's a lot of the problems with our symptoms now as women in midlife going through perimenopause, menopause and post is that we have all this inflammation and that you mentioned the stuff that you used to eat when you were younger, you can't now because it's an accumulation. It's how many years have we gone through that phase where I can drink and I feel fine, you know, and I can go and have a hamburger or can eat all of this stuff. How long have you been living like that? Because the body gets to a point where it's like, whoa, I'm just, I'm going to dump some stuff in this joint. I'm going to dump some inflammation and constipation here. I'm going to dump some pain and frozen shoulder uh, symptoms here because of the toxicity that's coming in. So animal protein, animals are pumped up with antibiotics and hormones and the food that they're eating. If you're gluten-free, for example, if you're celiac and you're eating steak, and that animal has been eating grain because most of them have fed sprayed grains, corn-fed um, meats, yeah. grain-fed meats, grains and corn create inflammation in the body and the animal. And if we're eating that inflamed animal, then we have to try to break down the toxins, not only in that animal, but also the added stresses in our system. So changing the quality over. If you're eating white bread, let's switch it over to a sourdough because of the process is better and that process has come from ancient traditions, you know, ancient grains. The processing is very different to how we're doing it now. Everything is fast and quick. hope that answers a little no, bit that of was the nutrition. Great. I actually wanted to say that that was something I noticed the difference in. It. I always buy grass-fed organic beef now because I know the difference when I buy grain fed it's really bizarre my stomach just cannot tolerate it at all so it yeah that's um that was just my bit let's go quickly because I'm just looking at the time and going holy cow okay don't again I could talk for the I just love this so much Karen I just <laughs> so I'm hoping that your listeners are getting something from even if they take home one thing it's like aha you know I can implement that because it's just, it is a passion of mine and I just really love empowering women. I'm going to get emotional now because I see so much pain out there and it doesn't have to be this way when we're going through this beautiful phase of our life. Um, that was where I was going to come to. So talk to me about why menopause symptoms are normal but they're not, I've forgotten the word you used again. They're common. They're, they're common, common but they're not normal. Tell me why that is, because obviously it's all to do with the dehydration and the food that we're eating. It's part of that whole thing, is it? 
Yes, but we've forgotten the others as well. How are we thinking? How are we caring for ourselves? Because we get to a point at this point, and I'm sure and I hope one or many of you are, are resonating with me here, as if particularly if you're a mum, you get to a point when your kids have become independent and they don't really need you so much or you feel that they don't need you so much and you let them go okay and then it's like okay so what about me and we suddenly become at a loss we lose ourselves so for those moving into this phase start to really care for yourself take time out for yourself read strengthen your mind find something that you love doing And that is one of the biggest thing. And one of the first principles I get my clients and ladies out there, what is your dream? Defining your dream and your one love. Because if you don't know what you love or want to do or what your dream is, you're living a nightmare. And this comes down into the psyche, into the thoughts, okay? The hydration we've mentioned, the breathing, get some breath work, do some breath work. There's a way that we should be breathing as well. If we're stinking thinking, you know, the breath is going to be shallow and we can be caught up here and we're breathing in in through here. The hydration, nutrition, the movement and the sleep. And what I wanted to make sure just to reiterate is the toxicity in our, in our environment and what we are putting in and on our bodies is, I think, one of the major reasons that we are experiencing these symptoms. Not only is it because the way that we have lived our life, the lifestyle choices that we've made up until this point, hormones are out of whack, but they can be rebalanced if we look at those six foundations, but also our six stresses. Now, when we say I'm stressed, we automatically think that it's a psychological stress. But there are five other stresses that we really need to look at. It is the nutritional stress that I just mentioned, having those like the the hormones and all the sprays that are sprayed on our foods, all of the emulsifiers, the preservatives, the the flavorings, the colorants that are pumped into our foods as well. I, I do hope that some of it makes sense, all of it, and that your listeners have been able to take something home with them that they can implement. I'm sure they will. And just to let everybody know, you can connect with Kathy through the webpage that goes with the podcast. So her social media, email address, all that kind of stuff is on the website. You've got a link to a program on there, have you? Is there I do, I do. I launched my new program this year. Um, it is How to Get Your Mojo Back for Women in Midlife, Six Steps to Creating a Strong, Vibrant and Healthy Female Body Now and for the Rest of Your Life. It is a month-to-month. It's a membership now. You can join at any time and you can leave at any time as well. They're, yeah, The more information, they can reach out. And um, I'm happy to have a, a call, an individual call, and tell them more about it. Fantastic. And the link to that is on the webpage as well. Thank you so much. It's been absolutely brilliant. Thanks, Karen. Thanks so much for having me. Pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Kathy, are you okay to start? I am. And why am I a little nervous? <laughs> I don't oh, know why. Be, I know. <laughs> when we're working in, we're in a calming state. Our heart rate isn't elevated. Putting on your favourite 80s song and dancing in the kitchen, girlfriends. Um, movement that brings 
lightness because it's always conveying messages and doing things what makes you happy. You do know that I use the video on this, don't you? Are you all right? Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you look great, but I'm just keep, just reminding you that I use the video. <laughs> uh, Karen, I'm I so think, sorry. No, no, I'm no. sorry. I, don't worry. Don't worry. It's looking good. You know, we yeah. connect through laughter and that's, I always try and make people laugh and make them relaxed because then there's a connection. Absolutely. You were so relaxed. You were on your back with your arms and legs everywhere. At least I didn't, like, put my leg up or, you know. <laughs> that wouldn't be very good for the listeners either. It's like, oh, you know. <laughs> she doesn't expect us to do that. 